welcome Hoosier fans to another episode of the Assembly Call. As today, your Indiana Hoosiers lose on the road to Rutgers by a score of 74 uh, to 63. I'm your host, uh, Brian Tonsoni. I'm here with Ryan Phillips and Andy Bottoms, and we will break it all down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU postgame show. But let's start the way uh, let's start this show the way we start every show, and that is with our banner moment. And on, on a very positive note, the Assembly Call family is uh, has increased by one as Jared Morris uh, and Heather have welcomed uh, a healthy baby boy as of uh, six o'clock Central Time, uh, and we uh, are very thankful uh, for the health of the baby and the mother, and and just uh, a positive on a night that has been <laughs> really difficult for for a lot of us. So congratulations to Heather and Jared. I'm calling him little coach. I don't care what you say. Uh, you can keep him away from me, Jared, uh, so that doesn't stick. Um, but um, that that's our, our banner moment. As far as the basketball game goes, outstanding start by the Hoosiers, but that was about it uh, after the first 12 minutes of, of really solid defense and offense. I think both sides of the basketball um, kind of went away as Rutgers took a four-point lead going into the half um, in the last eight minutes, outscoring Indiana 27-8. to eight. Coming out in the second half, uh, not much changed. Uh, and then a turning point, uh, Indiana was within six. And again, the free throw situation uh, reared its head. And, and two missed free throws, who, which could have cut it to four and given Indiana a little bit of life, um, didn't happen. And, and then hot shooting by the Rutgers guards, uh, whether that was lack of defense or just hot shooting, I think it was a combination of both. Uh, it was very difficult for Indiana to find any solution tonight Um in, in the game at Rutgers, which uh, now uh, leaves Indiana uh, two games below 500 in the Big Ten at 7-9 and nine and 12-11, and 11, uh, and a real tough game coming up uh, this Saturday against a, a top-ranked Michigan opponent. So uh, a night where uh, there are very a few positives, and we'll talk about those uh, briefly, um, and there were uh, a lot of uh, tough situations. We're going to focus a lot on the game tonight and decisions by players and coaches within the game. Uh, we're going to try to keep all of the macro uh, conversations uh, away. We know they're big and we know they're real. Uh, we don't want to dismiss those, uh, but we, we are going to be a game analysis uh, show for a while, and there's some things to analyze here um, this evening. So our banner moment uh, today, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Home Field Apparel, now in their fourth season of sponsoring the Assembly Call. Uh, with the frigid temperatures uh, still around the entire country, you really uh, shouldn't be wearing anything other than the super soft hoodies and crewnecks. So you need to make your way over to their website, homefieldapparel.com. They have something unique for everyone, especially IU fans, and all of their apparel is printed on the softest, warmest, most comfortable, and most washable materials you'll find uh, anywhere. Want a few suggestions? Uh, the last item uh, I purchased um, was I did buy a couple of Indiana shirts for Mrs. Tonsoni. Uh, I have a, a Seton Hall uh, shirt uh, that's that's recent. Um, so there's lots to offer. And remember, it's not just IU gear. As I mentioned, um, there's 90 different colleges and universities with new ones being added all the time. So follow Homefield on Twitter as well. Their designs are unique, interesting, and vintage that you may end up like myself, buying uh, shirts and hoodies for schools that I don't even like, but I like the designs. Uh, and you can always save on your Homefield order by using the promo code ASSEMBLY20 at checkout. It will give you 20% off your entire order order throughout the year so go to homefieldapparel.com load up your shopping cart and enter assembly 20 at checkout to get 20 percent off that's homefieldapparel.com okay it's time now to move the ball find the open man and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team ryan we'll start with you what's your rant this evening on tonight's loss 
I, I know we're going to keep this analysis strictly on this game, but what I would say is I saw a lot of people discussing individual players tonight and, and the problems with those players and this and that and the other thing. At this point, I don't think you can blame the players anymore. And let's, and let's not get, that, get it twisted on the final score. Indiana lost by 11. That's a 20-point road loss in a game that was very critical, especially after the blown game against Michigan State and some of the other losses this season. This was a critical game for Indiana to put itself back firmly in tournament conversation. I know some places have them on the 11 line or whatever, but you have to win this game. And they come out and they take a lead by 15 and lose by what is essentially a 20-point loss. They got they made up some points in garbage time because Jordan Geronimo all of a sudden can hit threes. Um, I'm sorry, but when this team displays the same problems all season and does not improve, do not get mad at the players. Rob Finnessy isn't putting himself in the game for these long stretches. Trey Galloway, who has really struggled over the last few weeks, I know he has a back injury. He's out there not doing much for, what was it tonight, 26 minutes? And, and not really adding anything on either end of the floor. He's not a great defender, and offensively, he's really struggled over the last couple of weeks. He had a nice one nice drive, but then he tried to do it again and it got blocked. I know Armand Franklin got hurt. Obviously that's an unforeseen circumstance, but the same thing is happening over and over and over and over again. And as a team, Indiana is doing the same thing over and over and over again. And when you do that and it's not successful, continuing to do that isn't on the players. They're not the ones out there calling plays. They're not the ones out there making substitutions. They're not the ones out there with a guy who can shoot the ball and Anthony Leal sitting on the bench and no offensive flow and not going to him. They're not sitting there when there is no energy on the floor and not putting Jordan Geronimo or someone just to change it up. I'm not saying those guys make it better, but it's a change from when you are getting blasted off the court at Rutgers. Again, let's not get it twisted what happened tonight. Rutgers embarrassed Indiana. They were shooting threes off their back foot, just falling away, throwing alley-oops, dunking on them and talking trash. I mean, this is this is Rutgers. It's not Michigan. You know, you're on the road at Rutgers in year four of your program, and you're getting smoked and run off the floor. That can't happen at Indiana. And, and, and we're not talking about the macro of the program. I'm talking about where we are right now in this season. You cannot be performing like this. At this point of the season, you're supposed to be getting better later in the year. And if anything, Indiana is getting worse. And I realize, again, Armand Franklin's had an injury. That's unfortunate. But other teams have found a way to navigate injuries. I know the Big Ten is very difficult, and it's every night it's a battle. Other teams and other coaches have figured it out and get it done. Fran McCaffrey's got a good team at Iowa. You know, I mean, Juwan uh, Howard's in his second year at Michigan, and they're unstoppable. Holtman is doing great at Ohio State. Underwood, his program at Illinois is humming in year four. There's something wrong here, and it's not working. And we've discussed it before, but I don't think it's ever been as obvious as tonight. Rutgers was beating Indiana up and down the floor. That's hustle and that's effort, and I don't put that on the players. I put that on because if that's happening and you don't get back down the floor defensively, you should be yanked from the game. You shouldn't be in there for 30 minutes. And so I... I just don't know where we're at in this season or what we have to look forward to. I'm going to stay an Indiana fan. I'm not saying that. I'm not going to root for these guys and not root for these guys and all of that. But I don't know where you can find the light at the end of the tunnel here because it feels like it's getting worse, not better. And it's the same problems every single game we're seeing. 
and it's not getting better. And I understand everybody's frustrations. I do. But at this point, your anger should not be aimed at the players because we're in year four of a program and this coach picked these players and puts them in the positions they're in. So the adults in the room are the ones responsible for this. And so I, I, I don't know what the answers are. I don't know where we're at. I don't know the finances of Indiana University, all of that stuff. So I don't know what's going to happen. But this can't be it. This can't be the answer. Whatever's going on needs to change. And I don't know if that's just radical changes in practice, radical changes in lineups, whatever. But this, it's not okay. And it's never going to be okay. Ryan, I, I, have, I have no problem with what you say, but it can't also just be uh, not the player's fault. Um, Rob Finnessy comes out and hands the ball off two straight times. That's not in the game plan. That was that was poor execution right. of, point, of point guard play. That that's he not stayed something. in the game, coach. Yeah, well, he, he sat for about ten minutes of the first half. Um, when he came back in, and, there was a there was a negative run. But but you know tonight, what you saw was uh, a missed shots when shots were open. So I, I agree. You gotta you gotta move people in and out of the lineup. You gotta. Take and you got to develop. You got to go do those things. You 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 have to do those things. And ultimately, the head coach is the head of the program. And regardless of missed shots or whatever, you've got to get guys to play better. Um, but when you're a college basketball player, there are some plays made tonight by these guys, and I sure. like them. They're good guys, and I know they care. And I said that the last time I was on the show, and, and I know all of that. Um, but it, it is from top to bottom, coaching staff and players, people not doing what they need to be doing. Um, the bench is a tool, Coach. You know that as yeah, well as anyone. You, but the bench came in and threw the ball around and turned the ball over and handed. I mean, no coach. In I'm not America, saying it would have gotten better, but you I, could send a message or something. You're you going to lose by 20 at Rutgers. Yes, I agree with you know? that. And I'm totally – this was embarrassing and this was tough. But I am tired of seeing players just hand the ball to the other team. I, I don't know a drill. So am I. I don't know so a drill I. that I can do in practice that stops guys from going into game and just literally putting the ball in front of a top defender like Young on a weak crossover. Um, and that ultimately rests with the coach. I get that. And I know that's where everyone's at right now. And that's good. And, and I understand that's going to be a major decision. Too, you know. that, that's true. But in this game tonight, it was all about guards. Um, and, and that's where I'm going to stay to focus on on this game. The guards, whether they're developed, not, whatever you want to say, the guards did not perform except for Al Durham. And I thought Al Durham played one of his better games, and he picks up four fouls, uh, and and that becomes that becomes an issue. But this is a problem. The coaches aren't doing things right. There's a disconnect between what they're trying to accomplish and what's being heard. Uh, and then the team has had a bunch of body blows. Um, the pressure of this year, the pressure of losing, and I thought that their effort in the last ten minutes uh, was not what they had done previously. Um, and that's again on Archie and that's again on the players. That was the most disappointing when it went from that four point lead. That is reminiscent of what happened in the last year when they'd play well until about the 14 minute mark on the road. And then it would just go away and it go away fast. We had a reoccurrence of that. And that, that it, it's the program's just in disarray um, from top to bottom one, one through 30 director of basketball operations, uh, everyone, um, everyone right now, but the players got to play better too. Um, they they just sure. they just do. don't disagree. Um, don't disagree. They just got to play better, um, and, and they got to be able to take coaching, and they got to be able to handle adversity. You know, when things are going well, it's nice. When things don't go well, there's a lot of head uh, head hanging, uh, and that could be an atmosphere thing. But real tough competitors keep fighting, uh, no matter what the score is, and that was a little disappointing. Andy, we're going to send it to you. Uh, your your thoughts and comments on tonight's game. 
I was just going to let you guys just take it the rest of the way. And, uh, we can. I mean, no, we'll I, give you a night off. I, I'm just... sure that you would. I, yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I'm probably somewhere in the middle of, of you guys. I think tonight exposed a lot of the issues that IU has from a guard play perspective. I mean, when you look at the, the stats, it, you know, they got into to Rob right away. They got into Lander and really disrupted everything that IU was was doing. And so, when you look at primary ball handlers, if you think you know, if you kind of combine Rob and and Christian, they're a combined 0 for 10 from the floor with two assists and six turnovers. If you combine Geo Baker and Jacob Young, they got 30 points, 17 assists. And yeah, they turned the ball over six times, but they were, you know, some of that was was late when they were making plays. I mean, that that ultimately to me was was so disruptive. And then you saw again with with IU, they they got off to a good start. That problem seems to have been fixed to a certain extent. And then I just felt like they, and part of this, we can we can talk about lineup changes that, that may have led to this, but we also just saw a team that really kind of let up. They, they took a breath. They allowed Rutgers to get confidence. I swear the last time they played Rutgers, they were the story coming in was how bad Ron Harper Jr. shot the ball. And then they said it again tonight, and I'm just waiting – Waiting on Guys it, but, get but, well against Indiana, man. They do. But, they, but but you know, I just felt like they they would relax. They control. They continue to struggle to contain dribblers, and they help too quickly. It feels like at times and leave guys open for threes, and then get in rhythm, and then everything's kind of rolling downhill. Then they're hitting threes with with a hand in their face. But some of those initial ones, it, it just is same thing with the Michigan State game. They get a lead. Can you really put somebody away? And and in the end, you have a 35-point swing. And, and we can talk about the offense as well because for a lengthy stretch of game time, they scored you know 20-some points for probably over better than a half of basketball when you kind of count when that run started you know, midway through the first half into the second half. So there, you know, the, the problems were many and the solutions were few, uh, both from a player and a coaching standpoint. I think you see a team that is just mentally fragile and mentally broken, and I feel like we've – said the same thing in, in other recent years and they're searching for answers and the coach is searching for answers. And I think it just leads to that kind of total system failure feeling of things is that I think Archie thinks he knows what the right buttons to push are. They don't seem to work. Um, we can debate some of those things from a decision-making standpoint over the course of, of the game in terms of who was in and out and, how some of those things work. Like he just doesn't have a pulse on the team that says this is the button to push that's going to work. And so I think everybody's just throwing stuff out there, throwing guys out there, throwing combinations together and trying to hope that something works that you can grasp onto. And that just isn't happening. And then you get into that part late in the second half. I, I, I really have for most of the parts of the season, even when things hadn't been going well, I didn't really feel like effort was an issue, but the effort became an issue and perhaps rightfully so because the game is going so poorly it totally gotten away from them but that was one of the first times it just really felt like the effort wasn't there execution is one thing that we've seen issues with and struggles with um you know you're playing hard but you're not playing well I, I i thought guys stopped playing hard at a certain point when the game seemed out of reach and it, it certainly was out of reach at that point so um i don't know that kind of hit a, a bunch of ground there but it, it's just there's not one thing to point to. There's lots of issues um, on the floor, off the floor, all of it. And it just, you, you try to, and I know we're, we're talking more about this game, but you just try to spin that forward. I just don't know how this team picks itself up off the mat because even 
Rutgers hits, you know, one or two shots to take a 15 point lead under 10 points. And you just saw, you just see them tighten up as they go through that, that situation. And, you know, so you're going to go into these last few games that are kind of entering must win territory. Just, I don't know that the mentality is there. I don't know that the coach is able to push the right buttons to get it to a place where, where you can feel comfortable going into these games at all. And that's yeah, where Ryan, you're absolutely, you're absolutely correct. Is that this atmosphere in this team right now is bad. Uh, it's just a bad vibe and, and somehow they're getting good starts. Um, you know, they're executing the plan coming out in the first 12 minutes was fantastic. And the, both, both what Indiana was doing and the execution of it was fantastic. You're sitting there at the 12, at the eight minute mark going, well, it was seven, it was 23 to 11 with seven thirty to go in a half. And everyone had to be feeling pretty good. Like, okay, this is a great response. And then from that point on, and that's that atmosphere. And that that's where, where yeah. the buttons being pushed are not being pushed hard enough or to completion or whatever, because, uh, this team is still, uh, not as tough, um, as they need to be both physically and mentally. Nothing speaks more to me. And we'll talk about it in the meaningful moments. Uh, but that loose ball rebound where two guys go and Ron Harper taps it back in the lane and gets kicked out for a three late in the first half, you secure that rebound and you're still up, um, and then once the ball goes in, that makes shooters feel better. And you saw it with Ron Hunter Jr. today. He gets one loose like that, and then all of a sudden it was he was sticking out his tongue, having a good free time. One loose ball can make a difference. Every possession matters. Uh, and then at the end you get a steal at the half, a rebound steal at the last second for a shot goes in. This team lacks toughness. They're good people, but it lacks toughness, and ultimately – that is what Ryan's talking about is when you lack toughness in game 23, that is a problem in the program that needs to be fixed, whether it's benching, whether it's yelling, whether whatever it is, it, it has to, it, it has to be uh, fixed or it's going it, it, to, and maybe it's too late. I just want to point something out. Indiana was up 23 to eight and until garbage time got outscored 68 to 32, like 68 to 32, against Rutgers like this this wasn't a great team you know and and that's I don't know where you go with that like I don't and 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 Andy's right and he's saying that I don't know what the answer is or how you you do anything in that situation it's just I I don't I don't know I don't know what you do there and 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 you can't have that happen though I mean, no, but but what was the reason? And that's the stuff I, I would like to talk about. What was the reason? At 7.30, they had gotten um, TJD out for a minute. And I know everyone's mad about taking people out, but they had to find some rest for him somewhere. And they took him out around the TV timeout, which a lot of coaches do. And at 7.30, they put TJD back in and Finnessy back in. And Franklin was in, uh, if I have the lineup right. And that, that three-minute segment, because it was 7.30 to 3.55, so four – three and a half minutes, Indiana was minus seven. So you had your starters in that went plus 11 at the beginning. You had them in at the same time as minus seven. What changed right there? It was a few – I have written down Franklin misses a couple uh, shots and and Rob came back in and struggled. Um, And then all of a sudden, boom, 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 the three-point shots, and that's when the toughness kind of just evaporated. And it was like that that body blow at 7.30 – to 353 today sent IU reeling into what Andy was saying that that just mental 
chasm, and they couldn't recover. I, I don't think they really recovered the whole second half, to be totally honest. Uh, they came out at halftime flat, um, in, in my opinion, and um, they haven't done that before. But what happened, if we could go back and find a play-by-play between 7.30 and 3.53, and then even the 7.30 to the end of the half was just atrocious. It was just bad basketball. But it was great basketball for 12. So why, why is, yeah, it, Rutgers so, made why is it so up and down? You know, Rutgers uh, made an adjustment. Indiana came out. They were they were throwing the ball to the guards at the high post and pick and rolling right there off of with Trace Jackson Davis, and it worked a few times. And then Al Durham was also well, able to get free into the corner, which is the place he shoots three is the best. And that's what happened. I mean, it was just TJD and Al Durham hitting shots. Trace came out on fire, got a few screen and rolls, and then Rutgers adjusted to that. Which, if you're coaching, you know that's going to happen eventually, so you got to have a backup plan. And whatever the backup plan is, just didn't work because Rutgers was able to be aggressive on the guards, as Andy pointed out. You know, shut off the the dribble handoffs as much as possible and the easy passes to the wing. I mean, you've seen Rutgers play; you know that they can do that. Like, why are you not having you know other ways to get the ball into guys and get things going? I, I just, I, I don't, I, you know. And again, the players didn't execute. But again, it didn't feel like there was a second plan there. Like the plan off the off the jump to have those screener rolls with TJD and all that worked out very well. And then after that, there wasn't a secondary plan once they countered that worked. And right. so I just, you know, it's like you got to have a secondary plan. You got to have a, a third plan, a fourth plan, a fifth plan. You got to have backup plans. And they started trying to do the pick and roll stuff again. And it had varying degrees of success. I mean, there were a couple times Trace got free for easy dunks. But overall, it didn't really get that much better at any point after that. Once Rutgers adjusted what they were doing defensively, there was no answer for Indiana. Andy, go back to the mental aspect of the confidence, if you will. You mentioned that. I thought in those first 12 minutes, they executed freely and and even took some tough shots, maybe some bad shots, but they didn't let it bother them. Franklin missed a, a pull-up two on in transition that I, I thought might have been a little early. But they to me, they played freely in the first 12 minutes. And then once things got tight, man, they the last 45 minutes, it was not. And whether that was the sub pattern or the play calls or whatever, the team as a whole did not play loose and aggressive um, from there on. It, yeah, to, to me, I thought they played with really good pace in the, in the first half. And again, I think this – or at the beginning of the first half. And I – I feel like a lot of this is a broken record and we're doing the same show over and over again, but I, I just thought they were, they were free. As you said, got out in transition, pushed the ball, found Al in the corner, you know, we're, we're executing quickly on offense, got those um, screen rolls to, to TJD. And then once, once Rutgers really started to, to make, take away some of those first, first reads that IU had, it really turned into a slog at that point. And you know, during that stretch, I was looking back. I, I think I found the the spot in the play by play coach. I, this continues to be a team that that just gives up these huge runs with defensive lapses. And and we've talked about whether them making shots makes them better defensively, more intent defensively, whatever whatever the case may be. But it, you know, in that stretch, so they make a three coming out of one of the one of those plays. Rob makes a turnover. They make a three. Race actually scores inside. They give up a lob. Armand misses a jumper. Rutgers makes a three. Then they, they Rutgers turns the ball over the next possession, make another three, make another three on not a second, but a third opportunity, turn the ball over again. Then it's another lob, two more made threes. And then you get that, you know, you miss a shot at the end of the half, but you, 
but the TJD gets the ball taken away and it just was just the lapses on that end of the floor for long periods of time. And the offense was not good during the same stretch, but they just didn't guard at the same way that they, they did before in the game. And I think they just let when shots go in that dictates how intent they're going to be defensively. And they relaxed enough to give Rutgers a little bit of confidence. And that was kind of all she wrote at that point. Yeah, I, I agree. Once you give up some free turnovers and some free, you know, runouts on bad shots, Rutgers got going, and then Indiana didn't guard. But some of that is bad offense. If you're not getting guys in the right spots, if the guards aren't playing, if you're not having the right players, all that stuff. If offense is bad, then then that could lead to good offense for the other team. And I thought that was. I mean, we lost it when we only. Uh, I thought we were guarding really well in the second and third segments and only were plus one in those two segments. You didn't stretch the lead out from 15 to four. That was bad offense. And then all of a sudden, bad shots, bad handle in that bad segment. And then all of a sudden that led out to, you know, we call them pick sixes when you turn the ball over and they go down. Uh, and you're, you're, in, you're in rotation defensively on fast break too. You wanna, we had three guys stop the ball at the basket and they kicked it out. That's, that's just bad communication. Um, um, defensively at, at that point. Um, and, and then I do think they hang their heads and don't guard um, much later. So speaking of bad execution, I accidentally put a comment up on, on the screen and we've been trying to talk and listen and figure out. So that's bad execution on, on my part. I know Jared. We, uh, we got to figure it out. I, I, I picked you up. I think we're okay. Okay. You figured out how to get rid of that. So thank you for, for doing that and trying out some different screens here, trying something to to stay stay within it. But what other storylines happened tonight uh, that you guys feel uh, we need to address? I, you know, I, I will say um, I, I thought I'll try to be as positive as one can be given the given the circumstances. Uh, I thought Al Durham played, played really well. I thought he got him off to a good start. And then whether it was fouls, Rutgers defensive adjustments, you might have, have thoughts on that, Coach. I, I thought IU got away from uh, running things for Al. And there was – uh, you know, there was another play. I think it was late. It was before Geronimo started hitting threes. They they ran a set out of a – I think it was out of a timeout. Ray set a nice screen to get Al open. And it's – you know, it, it, there's a, to a certain extent, it just takes me back to those conversations that we feels like we've had so many times. It's like, how do we allow him to do what he does best? And it just seems like too often that's not the case. They went to him to try to initiate offense a little bit in this one when Rob was struggling against the pressure, bringing the ball up the floor – talked about how that isn't really an area that he excels i think armand was certainly was limited because he didn't play in the second half i don't know if that played into the decision to not have him do that in the first half um but i did think al really in a big spot where you would want a senior leader to show up to help get you off to a good start uh played really well had a couple drives to the basket where he got um you know where he missed but he had a he had a nice drive in a key moment when i felt like rutgers was starting to come back he made a basket to kind of stem the tide for a, a minute. It wasn't very long, but, um, you know, was able to go to the basket, made some nice passes. I thought I thought Al had a, a good game, and it just – but it was another game where you had two guys do the bulk of the scoring, and, again, you kind of throw out that last stretch where Geronimo ends up getting eight points. Al and TJD had 41 between them, uh, and until, you know, Geronimo scored those eight, that would have been 41 out of 51, or – I guess it'd be 55, but either way, you just weren't able to get contributions from enough guys. And I know the Franklin injury is a, is a, is a challenge, but um, I, I do think 
you know, Al coming down the stretch in his senior year. I thought that was uh, impressive of him to step up. The fouls really limited him. I think that's really when the effort started to die off in the second half when he went out with that fourth foul. I thought everything really kind of went downhill because you saw guys say he he's one of the only guys putting the ball in the basket. He's going off the floor for who knows how long. And I thought that was kind of the tipping point from an effort standpoint. But maybe I'm maybe I'm remembering that wrong. Uh, there there were tipping points all over yeah. this game, I think, Andy. But no, I Al Al especially started hot. What do you have? Fourteen in the first half, and I just felt like you're right. In the second half, it, it didn't feel like they looked to get him. Now Rutgers was probably overplaying him because he was the only guard that was doing anything. I mean, Franklin, while he was injured, was zero of three, zero of one from three, very off on all of his shots. Like he was not anywhere near. Uh, Finnessy, zero of seven, zero of two from three. And he was off on everything, too. I mean, nothing, you know, the, these shots weren't close. These weren't shots that were going in and out and stuff. They were off by a foot every direction for all these guys. And so when you only have one guard who showed up to play, it's easy to overplay and make sure he doesn't get th- free for a, you know, a three or something like that. And you saw a couple times Al drove and tried to make something happen and got, you know, there was contact, but I don't know if it was enough for a foul or maybe they contacted the ball. You couldn't really tell at full speed. <laughs> Not, but, not in this game. It wasn't enough for it wasn't yeah, enough for a foul seriously. To be called, that's for sure. And and so it, I just felt like you've got one guy going. You need somebody else to step up to help him out, and nobody really did. And again, we, you look at the box score, and it's obvious what happened here. Trace and Durham were playing well, and Rutgers overplayed both of them, and nobody else stepped up. There was no third scorer. Uh, Jerome Hunter tried a couple times, didn't really get anything going. Galloway had one drive that worked uh fantasy of seven you know we got to talk about anthony leal i I, do you guys i I don't know if we need to break or anything but we've got to talk about i don't know that it matters i mean we do we do but we can we can do that after after a break here a little bit and start with that um yeah so let's do that coming up um as we can uh continue uh our breakdown of this uh, uh sad loss to Rutgers. um We'll point out some meaningful moments you might have missed, including some Anthony Leal talk, and then we'll go inside the numbers to highlight the the most sad uh, statistical notes from the game. You're listening to the Assembly Call. Stick with us. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Hi. This is A.J. Moye. What's the only thing better than upsetting Duke in the Sweet 16? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach for the assembly call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers! You're listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. I'm Brian Tonsoni here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips, and we're breaking down Indiana's loss uh, t- tonight to Rutgers. And it's time for some meaningful moments that you might have missed, or, or just some further discussions on on, on what went wrong uh, this evening. Ryan, you were mentioning Anthony Leo. I'll throw it to you. Um, your thoughts on on Anthony tonight? It, look, 
Anthony Lowe hasn't played much the last few games. And Trey Galloway has been playing a lot. And I get, I know Archie loves Trey Galloway because he's a coach's kid. He's a smart basketball player, all of this stuff. And I'm not trying to rip Trey Galloway. That is not my goal here. What I will say is Trey Galloway has been struggling for the last few weeks. I mentioned that earlier. He had a back injury. He wasn't doing great in the Big Ten play anyway. He was okay, and he'd have his moments here or there. But the fact about Trey is he can't shoot three-pointers. And so everybody's playing 10 feet off of him. They're daring him to shoot. And every game, he fires a three-pointer, typically early in the shot clock, misses by a lot, and then reinforces the fact that nobody should guard him beyond the three-point line. The thing that Trey does really well is drives and kind of, you know, they were early in the season, finds pocket passes and things like that and really mixes up the offense. He can't do that if defenders are standing 10 feet off of him. It's hard to drive if guys are standing or are playing that far off of you. It's hard to get in those gaps and create driving lanes and find your way to the hoop. So obviously, he's not helping the offense very much. Defensively, I think he knows where he's supposed to be. I just think athletically, he's not there yet in the Big Ten to be able to chase guys around, always be in the right rotation spot. You see him recovering a lot late. Sometimes he tries to help other people who get lost, which is a good thought. The problem is his guy often ends up doing something as a result. He just He's a freshman, and he plays like a freshman a lot of the time, and he's probably hit a bit of a wall late in the season, and he's not playing well. Anthony Leal sits on the bench and has not played much. And I know he had a little argument with Archie on the bench one time, and maybe Archie doesn't think that he can defend off the ball or whatever. But it's not like the defense is very good as it is. It's one of the worst defenses in the Big Ten right now. Leal has a very specific skill that could help this team that I do not see in Trey Galloway right now available in Trey Galloway right now. He can shoot the ball, and he can spread the floor and help open things up offensively. Anthony Leal played seven minutes tonight, most of that in garbage time, and hit one three. I don't understand how those guys aren't interchangeable for you and aren't seeing about the same amount of time. I truly don't, because Anthony Leal does hustle defensively. He's not great on the ball defensively yet, but he has a skill that can help you offensively, which is doesn't happen with some of the other guys on the court. And so I just don't get why he's not playing or at least giving a chance to shine. When things are going terrible in the second half for you, put him in. At least you might create some driving lanes because they cannot help off of him. Or if they do, you've got a young guy you can give some confidence by knocking down some shots. Instead, he's basically been stapled to the bench for four games. I don't get that. I don't. Coach, maybe you have an idea or can explain it. I don't get why when everything is going wrong, you don't try and put somebody in who you know they can give you something and help you. I, I agree. I think Leo needs to play some more. I totally agree with you 100%. I'm not sure that Leo and Galloway have the same skill set. And and, and I, I'll let everyone know uh, in, in the room, I'm not defending Archie by talking about decisions that were made. I'm a coach. I've made decisions. You're paid to make decisions that work. Archie's making decisions that aren't working. There you you heard it from me. Archie's decision making is not working in practice, in games, everything. It's not working. Uh, will it work? That's not for me to discuss tonight. But it's not working. But I think what he's trying to do there, Ryan, if I'm guessing, is we don't have downhill play. When Rob gets the ball stripped the first two games, he's thinking we don't have downhill. Putting L off the ball coming off screens is more to his strength. 
when you put him as a ball handler, he's not very good. I think he's searching for someone who can penetrate the defense, and that's Galloway's strength. Because it sure isn't hitting a three-pointer right now. And, and like you said, he's not the strongest defender. My best guess would be that he's trying to get someone to go downhill and make someone else open uh, that way, and he sees Galloway. I think that's why Galloway was uh, moved ahead of the freshman at the beginning of the year because of his ability to go downhill. Um, sure. And so I think that's my guess. If you're looking on the bench and you need downhill, you're going to pick Galloway over Leo. If you need shooting, you're going to pick Leo. I just would like to see Leo get more run because I think he's a good passer, and I think he's in the right position defensively, even though he struggles on the ball. I think he needs to play. Uh, and so I'm. And here, here's what I'll say maybe about playing both. But and here's what I say about your idea there is that it would be a good idea to get a downhill guy. Totally understand that. And Galloway has got some vision to pass out of it and all that. The problem is he can't get downhill because guys are playing so far off of him. So it's not really working. You know, right. I mean, the idea. No, I'm not saying it's bad. working. Yeah, I'm just the saying. idea isn't isn't bad. But we've all seen over the past two months that he can't get downhill. So there's there, there's I, not I too know. many ideas that are working. Um, but I, I'm no, just that, here. That's a short. That's a short list at this point. I think, I'm just I here to explain how, as a coach, you try to make a decision, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. You know, Andy, any meaningful moments um, that that you thought we we need to try to discuss, or unmeaningful, <laughs> lack of meaning, or horrible moments we need to talk about? Well, uh, you, to go back to to go back to that part of the discussion, I think we're, I, and maybe this is just caliber of opponent. Maybe the, the scouting report is clearly out on Trey at this point. Drive at him defensively, slough off of him on defense, and I think he's getting sometimes in this game where he was getting too deep in the lane when he would drive. That he does have the ability to do some of that, but he was trying to challenge Miles Johnson, which is not going to end well for him in virtually any scenario. And so he wasn't really able to to get in and kick out. The in 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 the second half when when Franklin was out, and they did say after the game that he had reaggravated his ankle, Achilles, whatever whatever injury. Um, you know, he has it, 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 I think because of what you said, coach, you know, having a guy who was a little bit more apt to drive at that point was, was the thought process. And he even initiated the offense coming out of the, coming out of the, of the half uh, when he had that, I, I think that speaks to the larger issue of what in the world you, you're trying to figure out what to do at the point guard position and you're 23 games in or whatever it is. And you had your point guards basically get taken out of the game tonight by, by a team that was ready to take their lunch as soon as they stepped onto the court. Um, yeah. The problem is you can't fix that right now because there's really not a whole lot to do. Um, it, it just goes to me. I think Leo needs to play more. At a certain point, we we can't keep talking about, oh, I got to try to get this guy more minutes and this guy more minutes. And Archie's in the position where you 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 can't really build for the you're afraid to build for the future too much and play these young guys a lot because you got to win games because you're trying to get into the tournament. So he's in a catch twenty two at that point, and that is a position of his own doing um, that he's in there. But that's the position that he's in. He's saying, you know, goes on his radio show and says, "I need to go. I need to find ways to play some of these guys more." And then the game starts, and things start to get away from you. You play yep. some of these guys. They come in, they throw the ball over the place, and then it's like, well, maybe I can't do that. And at so some point, you, you guys, you got guys it. playing tight. You got you got him coaching tight. You got it's it's just. It's all bad uh, at that point. That's not really a meaningful moment, but that's uh, yeah. It, I just thought there were there were a lot of plays. I thought that play at the end of the first half, and I know we, um, I know we talked about it with with the uh, with the ball getting taken away from TJD at the end of the half. Like to me, that was like the microcosm of the first half. 
you had something that you did well. They had a chance to go in only down two. And again, if you if you can go in down two and if you kind of put aside how you got there, if before the game you said you'd go in down two on the road against the tournament caliber team, you probably would take it. Now, the sad part is that we actually watched the game to see that, but you had something, you'd gotten the stop, you let up for just a second in the same way that you let up when you got the 15-point lead. Guy gets the ball, makes a shot, you go in down four, you have no momentum, come out flat out of the locker room, give up points on the first couple of possessions, and then it's it's basically over uh, at that point. So I, I don't know that anybody missed that because it was such a big one. And I actually feel like going back to the um, the Rutgers game at IU, I feel like they got a tip in or they got some bucket right at the end of the half in that in the game at IU as well that gave them some momentum coming in and just felt like IU never really recovered that maybe they'd stem the tide enough to go in down to lose that ball and and give up a bucket. Yeah, it, it, it's just there it's who said it someone on social media like when you solve one problem you had the bad starts, which was a big issue for everyone, and who you're going to put in the starting lineup because you had three straight yeah, this games is of bad starts. Whack-a-mole yeah, this exactly. Point, where you're like- you couldn't say it any better. Whack a mole. So you get the starts now, and now you struggle at the end, um, finishing halves and finishing um, games and, and losing games you shouldn't lose. It, it, it definitely is um, whack a mole. So um, I had the meaningful moment music, and I and I blew it. Tonight's not meaningful anyway. So we're not going to play play that soundbite. Uh, let's go to some statistics. And I, I'm just, you know, the the turnovers to me, um, it's just a struggle. Um, you can't have have turnovers and expect to to, to have efficient offense. Um, and there there's enough blame to go all the way around from who's taking the ball, uh, who's initiating the offense to the execution. Uh, but th- th- there's so many turnovers that I think are self-inflicted Ryan your, your thoughts on that 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 aren't like aggressive like you're trying to feed the post and the ball just gets tapped away that's kind of an aggressive turnover you're trying to make a play but just so many fumbles with the yeah, ball a charge or crossover like yeah a charge is an aggressive turnover there's just so many and when you play free and loosen up you're going to have more turnovers um, but it, it just seems like some of them shouldn't be happening uh, your thoughts on, on yeah. how you use turnovers look and turnovers have been an, weren't as big an issue early in the season. They've become increasingly a, a bigger issue. And I think it's because the guards are forcing things. And the guards aren't, quite frankly, they aren't good enough to get away with it. You know, if you turn the ball over and come back next time down and hit a three, you've made up for that turnover because your turnover then leads to, if it leads to points for the other team, the most it can lead to is three points for the other team. Four if you foul a three-point shooter, but that's rare. If you can come back down and knock down a three, you even that out. Indiana's guards can't shoot consistently. So, I mean, I don't know. I know Al Durham's on fire lately, but in general, they don't shoot consistently. And so you can't make up for those turnovers. These guys aren't making up for their for their mistakes. And and that's a problem. And you look tonight at the at the line, and Jared always likes to point these out. It's it's tonight they had seven steals and no blocks. Well, the seven steals, three of those were Trace Jackson Davis, one from Durham, none from Franklin, and one from Finnessy. So they're not making up for the turnovers they have on the other end with defensive plays either. And so one of the big problems I have though, is not just the turnovers. It's the bad shots. Cause a bad shot that you don't rebound is, is is as good as a turnover. And they shot a lot of long twos tonight. And anybody who studies analytics for two minutes will tell you a long two is the most inefficient shot on a basketball court. And Indiana shoots them repeatedly. 
If you're going to miss from there, at least take it from three. You're, you know, it's worth an extra point, guys. You know that, right? Like that has been you've been, you've been taught that. And and so taking a step in from the three point line and shooting a jumper is mind-bogglingly dumb. And, and and Indiana does it a lot, and they take a lot of bad shots. And a bad shot that gets rebounded by the other team for a runout is just as bad as basically handing the ball to a a defending guard. And so I. That's what drives me nuts as much as the turnovers. Turnovers are going to happen. They only had four in the second half, which is, uh, having watched this game, I almost fell out of my chair when I read that. But, you know, it, it's bad offense as, as, as much a culprit as, as anything and forcing things. And I, I just, they, pa- and you'll see the guards a lot of times pass up a good shot and give it up to somebody else and then wind up taking a bad shot a couple passes later. I don't get it, and 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 I just don't feel like, and whether or not Archie's a good coach or not, I mean, I've talked about this extensively. I think he's a very smart basketball guy. This is not a well-coached or well-schooled team. It just isn't, and they might have you know good plays. And good. They're not well-coached on a basketball IQ scale, and a lot of these guys have been in the program for a few years now, and, and I know you can blame the players for making bad plays and all of that stuff and say that, but if you're guard, your junior guard doesn't know that if he takes a step inside the three-point line and takes a shot, that it's a bad shot. That's not really on him. You should be like that should be hammered into his head so much that it becomes second nature. So I, I just a lot of the things we're seeing from this team are systemic. The problems are systemic. They're not with individual players, they're not just a coach telling them to do something bad. It's systemic. It's what the program has become. And right now, what this program is, is a 20-point loss on the road to Rutgers. That's what the program is. Program probably ranks about 10th in the Big Ten. You know, I mean, we're just going to be honest with where where we're at. That's where we're at right now. A season we thought had to be getting into the tournament securely to be showing some advancement. This is where we are on, on February 24th. Getting hammered by Rutgers on the on the road and being two games below five hundred in the Big Ten, that's where you're at. And we can't we can't ignore that. We got to embrace that and understand it. And and I think that a lot of the problems we saw tonight, especially from the guards, are systemic. They're not just you know this isn't a one off. We've done, we've explained these before. Yeah, I think uh, you know to go back to some of the shot selection stuff. I mean, you had ten shots blocked. That was I did the did the math. That's over sixteen percent of your shots on the floor got blocked. And again, Miles Johnson is is has at least as good a chance as anybody to win Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. Clearly a good shot blocker. Now it's one thing for a guy like Trace to to go into him or things like that, but you know some of the other guys driving the ball at him just doesn't make any sense with, with without kicking it out. And you do see guys passing up shots. I think Rob Rob passed up. I, th- I think this was him. He passed up a what I thought was an open three eventually dribbled his way to the baseline and kind of pivoted around and ended up taking some off-balance leaner in, yep. in into the play where it's like you had a much better shot, not not even from an efficiency standpoint, just a better shot within the flow of the offense that you didn't want to pull the trigger on and then got to that point where you felt like you had to shoot because I think the shot clock was running down and you were you were really trapped and had to had to shoot the ball. So it just it, – it's it's a huge struggle, and I'm not going to say never take a mid-range shot. Jerome hit one in the first half, had a guy attack to close out, 
in rhythm, pulled up at the elbow, made a nice jumper. It like, wasn't forced plays, at all. Those are plays guys can make. Those are plays that Al's shown he can make. So I don't think the, it, you know, I, not every shot chart's going to look like Alabama's. And if anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about, go after any Alabama game. And literally every shot is either at the rim or a three-pointer. I, this team is probably not equipped to do that, what, even though that's the way basketball is moving. So I'm not going to, you know, say never take a mid-range jump shot. But there were a few good ones that were taken, but most of them just weren't. They were either just felt like give up shots of there's just too much pressure defensively. I'm just going to get the ball up on the rim and do some of those things. And it just, you know, those are the things that it, it just is hard to to figure out at this point in the season that those are things that are, you know, those are the the quality of shots that they're getting offensively. And those are when the huge droughts come uh, on the offensive end because you're not getting the ball into trace. You're not doing that, but they became so basically two-dimensional tonight with with two guys really doing most of the scoring that you become uh, incredibly easy to defend at that point. Yeah, shot selection is a big thing for me. Um, bad shots, like I mentioned that earlier, lead to runouts, and then your defense is in rotation, and it's just not good. Um, and then the the other thing is that the, the thing that gets me is open shots. <laughs> you see other teams, when they get open shots, splashing, um, and, and Indiana just struggles. So there's a combination of shot selection and hitting shots. You know, um, we had shots at the rim that, that went out, and, and – Man, that that's tough because you miss. You, I think I, I tweeted at one point that you have to take um, you have to take care of every opportunity in the Big Ten um, to to score uh, because you're going to be in tough games. And when when you have open shots, you're going to miss some, but you're going to need to knock down at least fifty percent of your open shots, and you're going to need to score at the rim um, a, a little bit better or a lot better than than what Indiana. Uh, has done tonight any any other stats gentlemen before uh we move on to uh our, our next segment i think we hit the i hit the 10 blocks one that one was was uh alarming to say the least i think two-point shooting i think i saw jen in the chat say it was about 32 percent they were 12 of 12 of 28 no that's uh, completely incorrect math uh they were 14 of 50 no 43 um uh, from from two-point range i mean that's just you're, you're gonna struggle a lot of that goes to the block shots those are the shots that are getting uh you know that are getting blocked uh by by all means and you know turnovers 13 points for or 13 turnovers for each team uh the rebounding ended up pretty even fast break points records ended up with 22 uh, part of that is I think attributable to the turnovers, but I think some of that is attributable to the the long shots where there were some runouts because they only had 13 points off turnovers. So the other nine had to had to come from somewhere, assuming those weren't all fast breaks. But yeah, I mean, you look at those block and steal numbers, 10 blocks, nine steals for Rutgers. They were 100% the aggressor after the beginning of the game uh, defensively. And IU basically went into a shell at that point, although it did shoot it well from three-point range again, uh, eight of 18. Probably needed to shoot more, quite honestly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's uh, good to hear, I guess. But coming up uh, on the assembly call, we'll hand out our game balls and hit any other lingering storylines. Look ahead to Indiana's next opponent. Then it'll be time for last call. That's all next here on the assembly call. Stick with us. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. 
So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. This is Tim Priller, and I never miss an episode of The Assembly Call. You're listening to The Assembly Call IU postgame show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, plus every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. And while you're there, make sure you sign up for free IU Hoops email. Over 7,000 of your fellow IU fans have subscribed. You can also text IU to 66866 to subscribe to the newsletter. That's IU to 66866. I'm Brian Tonsoni here with Ryan Phillips and Andy Bottoms, and we're breaking down Indiana's loss uh, this evening to Rutgers. And now it's time for our game balls. And Andy, we'll go to you first. Um, who gets uh, your game ball for tonight? Gee, gee, thanks. You're welcome. Uh, thanks for letting me go first. I really, really appreciate it. No pressure you. on this one, Andy. Got to get it right. Well, really, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm a, gonna go with a Al. or B. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's really only two choices. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Al because I thought he got him off to a good start. It's what you'd expect from your your senior guard. Like I said before, shot the ball well, five of seven from three, seven and twelve uh, overall from the field, and led the team with four assists. So I'll uh, I'll go with Al. Ryan. Uh, Mrs. Morris for delivering a healthy, happy baby boy. Yes, I am completely skipping out on picking a player tonight, but uh, at, at Jared's wife, Heather, for, for delivering a, a healthy baby boy and adding to this crazy, I'd say functional assembly call family we have. Uh, that That's my pick, so it's all on you, Coach. I'm out of here. Wow. And, and what do I do now? If I, if I pick a player, I, I go against the, the founder, the man, the director, the, the creator of content, Jared Morris himself and his, and his wonderful wife, Heather and, and new, uh, bouncing baby boy. Um, we're, we're going to get, yeah. As okay. always, saving yourself for last in this situation backfires. Yeah, Terrible idea. No, Terrible I idea. I, but Hey, we're going to go with, um, L, there's so much pressure on IU's guards to compete at high levels, and when they don't compete at high levels, Indiana struggles. L brought it tonight um, and did what L can do. L Durham is not necessarily a, a, a top college basketball player, but he is an Indiana Hoosier, and he does have these games where he plays really well. And, and so when he has one, I think um, he kept Indiana in a game for at least 12 minutes, and I thought that he competed for the most part uh, through um, – through the end and when he got his fourth foul I thought that really set Indiana uh backwards so we're gonna go um with, with Al Durham tonight um because we hope that it continues in the next few games if Indiana has any chance in the next three games you're gonna have to have this performance from Al Durham and a couple other guards uh step up and have equally uh equal um performances Uh, 
uh, presented by Evansville Security Services. Let's talk about uh, those uh, services from Evansville Security Services. It's the hometown of Calbert Cheney. What more really do you need to know? ESS provides off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals throughout Indiana. In addition, Evansville Security Services offers an accident reconstructionist who can go all over the state. You can count on the folks at ESS to conduct themselves in a professional manner at all times, and all of their off-duty officers are equipped with industry's best equipment. And here's the best part. With an off-duty cop on the job, your security officer won't have to waste time calling 911 and then wait. They're already police. Go to EvansvilleSecurityServices.com to learn more. That's EvansvilleSecurityServices.com or call 812-214-1132. Remember, prevention cannot be measured. Let Evansville Security Services help you prevent a bad outcome today. Uh, Mike Roberts, Hustle Award. We'll, we'll go to you first, Ryan, this time. Dang it. Uh, I was going to say the, Maybe it was the nursing staff uh, at the hospital in Texas uh, for making sure everything I, I was, was done I correct. was getting it. I was going to give it to Jared for, for mental support, but I got to give a player. Um, Trace Jackson Davis, I guess, 32 minutes, uh, 21 points, 11 rebounds. I'm not blaming him for being a uh, second on the team, a second worst on the team with a minus 17. I don't really think there was much he could have done, but another double-double for Trace. And sadly, I think we're watching his, his IU career wind down uh, in a way I didn't think we would have loved to see it, but – uh, you know, he came out of the gate. He also had seven offensive rebounds. So that's hustle and that's focus. And um, I got to give it to him. I just wish the guys around him would have stepped up. Andy. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I'll go the same way. I had written a play down in the first half where he he made a great play to get an offensive rebound maybe midway through the first half after a, uh, I forget it was, it might've been Jerome missed, but he basically chased down his own rebound against three guys in the corner. And and I thought again when the game was going well, really set the tone from a, a hustle standpoint. Uh, struggled to get the ball as the game went on, which is a, a similar refrain that we've probably heard uh, with him. But uh, I he feels like the only other uh, really viable choice. I think Geronimo, you know, you could look at his stat line, but he got a lot of that, if not all that, really in in garbage time. He played a couple minutes earlier than that. Um, and and nobody else had more than uh, more than five points as I looked down here. So I guess I'll go with the, uh, I guess I'll go with TJD. All right, I'll make it a clean sweep. I, I thought his activity level was really good in those first twelve minutes, and agree that you know obviously it waned a little bit at the end. But man, he's carrying a lot of weight for this team, and he's stepped up for the most part uh, and done his job. And those those hustle plays, as you mentioned, Andy, um, were something that again, if Indiana is going to have any kind of hope this season, you're going to need that. Um, from TJD. I thought his play was was rather outstanding for the most part um, tonight. So um, so I got I got with that in mind, coach, I got I got a question for you. And yeah. I, I think you alluded to this maybe a little bit in some of our, our texts, but he got off to a he got off to a good start was uh, was really active. I mean, where do you kind of I, I guess what happened? Where do you, I, I don't want to turn it into a place to blame? But but as you look at what happened with him and his maybe lack of touches as the game went on like where do you what what led to that is it Rutgers adjustments is it IU getting away from that and kind of panicking a little bit and just guys trying to get up shots like where do you come down on on kind of what you happened know, in, goes, in today's game at least it goes back to your whack-a-mole problem there's nothing worse when you're a coach of a program and you're in whack-a-mole mode I mean, it goes to offensive play calling. It goes to who you're rotating, and it seems like you're you're just swimming to find the answers. And when they're not working, it is it is just sadly disappointing. 
Um, but they ran some really good pick and roll sets. And and Rutgers had a had a senior in starting though I think, or a guy who hadn't started since his freshman year. And so you got to wonder too if that was part of the issue that their defensive coverages weren't so great early on because IU was taking advantage of that. But but they did personnel. They they put different personnel in there and they took away some of that. Um, you can see at times after timeouts we run that little back that pin down cross screen and that the ball gets to TJD immediately under the basket. They ran that two or three times tonight and they usually run it out of a timeout. And so that's an effort to get the ball into TJD. There is nothing more tough than when TJD's um, your main scorer and he has to get the ball in the block uh, or in the block area to, to you know, design things um, to get him the ball. I mean, it, it, it you it works and then it doesn't work and then you got to try to find something else and, and the opposing coach is doing everything and and you know Ryan's comment about Galloway when you're backing off Galloway and daring him to shoot and then Galloway shoots that that that's a turnover um and you can't it's hard to feed the post when when everything's jammed up and we've just had that problem for years here uh going back to Romeo needing to score at the rim and Jawan needing to score at the rim in the last two years our two best players are five foot players race Thompson and Trace Jackson Davis and that just clogs up offense um you know you sit one of those guys and spread the floor that's a great idea uh, but then you're sitting one of your better players um and and that's a tough decision to have to make too because it cannot work. Uh, that way as well. So your two best players need the ball on the block or on ball screen action moving to the block. And, you know, um, man, you, you could run cross screens, diagonal screens, ball screens, side ball screens. There there are a plethora of ways. And I and I think that IU has tried them. Um, sometimes they work and sometimes uh, they obviously haven't worked. And it's frustrating for the young man too um, because there, there's only, you know, he took a few jumpers tonight that were wide open and missed. Um, it's got to be frustrating for him when when he he can't get the basketball in a position to score or he's quickly double teamed. Um, so I, I think it was an adjustment by Rutgers, and and again it goes back to guard play. I I think Galloway and Leal are our best post feeders, and, and that's why I think Leal needs to play despite his defensive deficiencies. I think he can get the ball into the post uh, better than anyone else. And if we're struggling, need TJ, TJD to get the ball, you need Anthony Leal out there. A, he stretches the floor, as Ryan said, and B, he can feed the post. And, and sadly to say, whether it's development or whatever, we are what we are. We have upper-class perimeters who have trouble getting the ball in to the post or executing offense from the point guard position. Um, and, and that, that limits your decision-making, um, as well. So that that's my best guess. Uh, I know they're trying to get him the ball. Um but in a 30 second shot clock situation Andy, you got to put the ball in the kid's hands at some point and say here's the set we're going to run and when the set's not run, you got to break down and make some plays. And and that's what Harper and Geo Baker did. And we just don't have we have to have offense designed to work. We we don't have that special shot maker playmaker and and then when things get junked up it just really gets grinded hard. So, yep. that's uh, that's my take on how how difficult it is um, sometimes to um, get that in tomorrow. Uh, AC Radio, uh, you guys will be back, I think. Or, or um, Andy, you want to yep. talk a little bit about tomorrow's show? <laughs> Gluttons for punishment, some would say. Uh, no, we've got. We'll to- <laughs> talk about this game. 
and break I, everything I, down for you again. I don't think I really want to do that. Although oh, I'm not okay. sure I want to do the thing that we are going to do, which is uh, we've got Ed Feng uh, coming on from the power rank. We've had him on around March Madness time uh, in the past. He is uh, actually a Michigan, a Michigan guy. So uh, we'll, well talk a little bit fun. about the Michigan game on Saturday. So that was kind of where I said it's the pick your poison. Should we, we talk about this game more or look ahead to that game, but we'll, uh, we'll have Ed on. So he's always a, a good guy to talk to some analytics talk uh, and uh, we'll go through that. So that's what we got planned. Um, hopefully some good, uh, good questions from, from everybody out there and we'll, uh, we'll see what we can do. We're always here for your listening pleasure, regardless of the outcome of the games uh, that have passed or the games that are about to Smack us in the face uh, soon. Um, you are listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. Remember to check out our friends at Homefield Apparel. Use the promo code Assembly20 at checkout to get 20% off your entire order. Okay, guys, it's uh, time for last call. Um, Ryan, we'll start with you. Yeah, I, look, guys, this is where we are. It's a 20-point loss on the road to Rutgers. I know I finished at 11, but if you heard my explanation earlier, all of that was in garbage time. That was a 20-point loss on the road to Rutgers in year four of a program. I, I just don't know what's happening with this team or, or how we can see it possibly getting better. I, I just Every week it feels like the same stuff happens and nothing improves, and it's the same guys on the floor doing the same things over again and struggling, and occasionally those guys manage to put it together. A couple guys hit shots, and Indiana comes away with a win, but it's not because they play demonstrably better every game. And tonight was just a complete failure after about the 10-minute mark for Indiana and had a 15-point lead and lost by 20. And it's it's staggering to see at this point that there are no answers. And I, I just don't know how you fix this, and I don't know what to do. These are all nice kids. They try hard. There's, they certainly do. They play hard. That has not been an issue this year. But they don't play well. They don't play smart. They don't do the things that they're supposed to do. And, and I have to put that on the people putting them in those positions. And I have to talk about the coaching staff there. Because they know what they have with these players. And yet they keep running the same stuff and keep putting them in the same stuff, same positions, hoping that it will get better. And it hasn't. And it hasn't for four years now. And so we're at a point where the entire... Indiana family is talking about the same thing and we're not looking at a macro view of it, but I'm talking about just this game and the last week. The calculus has completely changed for this team with these two losses. They look like they could be headed for an NCAA tournament berth and they took a hard right turn and played terribly against Michigan State, especially in the second half. And then for three quarters of the game tonight got run off the floor by Rutgers those are two teams that cannot make you look bad this year, and they have. And this is the first time since Rutgers joined the Big Ten that it has swept Indiana, and that means something. So, I, I don't know. I, I just I don't know where to go next. I'm usually the guy who who can't stop talking about this stuff, and I just I don't know how. I don't know how this gets better. I don't see this getting better because we have a long stretch of it not improving and being the same story every single time. So I don't have answers for you guys. I wish I did. Um, we'll be here to talk about it every time that it happens and hopefully provide you guys some relief and, and maybe some catharsis from these. 
because we certainly need it as much as you guys do. But I just, I can't look at this objectively right now and feel like it's magically going to get better at some point. It just feels like the same record skipping over and over and over. And it's, it's a sad place to be. And tonight was tough to watch. And I think we all feel like it was tough to watch. Andy, your, your last call. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a tough watch. I remember I, I came back into the room at the under four timeout and just asked my wife, like, how is this not over yet? How is this still going on? Um, I think that's, that's pretty telling. I, you know, I, I guess the one thing that Ryan said that I, I th- this is not a great way to end things by, and this is not pining to be what Rutgers has become, but Rutgers has, has turned from a program who had no real identity whatsoever limited history outside of the Quincy Doobie years, um, you know, in when they were in the big East, but, but they, you know, you, Steve Peichel had a, had a vision. It's really come there and you know what you're going to get when you play a Rutgers team, you might not like it. It might not be the style of play that you like, but they are tough as hell. And you know what you're in for every time that you go out and play them. And I think that to me is the difference. They've turned themselves into a middle of the pack, decent big 10 team that if they shoot the ball well they can they can compete with a lot of people if they don't they're still going to fight you on defense and 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 really play with a toughness that again you know what you can expect i think that's my biggest issue with where iu is right now you have no idea what you can expect and we can kind of joke around and say these games all follow roughly the same script but but you don't know what you can expect in terms of like what does this team really hang its hat on what is the identity of indiana basketball right now and i think that is to take this game and put it into a macro view and to take this game against an opponent who years ago was a laughing stock and what they've become by really buying into that identity. It's, it's no different. I heard an interview with Tom Allen today on the Andy Staples podcast, which I recommend everybody to go and listen to. And he talked about what it really took to build what he wanted to do when he started with the whole LEO thing and getting guys to really buy in and getting, and getting that, to really build momentum. So in some ways, what IU football has done is a little bit like what Rutgers has done in basketball. And you just don't see that for whatever reason, players, coaches, none of us are close enough to really know. Everybody can speculate and point the finger at this guy and that guy and whatever else. But the reality is there's not enough buy-in. There's not enough togetherness in moments that really matter to say, this is what the identity of Indiana basketball is. And, and the result is you just kind of roll over when things start to go against you in that way. And so I'm not wish, I don't know, maybe on some level, it, it would be nice to be the the level that Rutgers is it, not, not where they are in the league, but just in the sense of that identity and knowing what you can expect. And a few years ago, that'd be a heck of a thing to say uh, that, that Rutgers has more of a basketball identity than Indiana does right now, but that's the sad reality of it um, as we sit today. Yeah, it is. Um, I have been a defender of Coach Miller for a long time. I'm a defender of coaches because I, I, I just know what it takes when you're in the coaching room and you have a struggling season. I know what it takes when you have a winning season. Um, but there are very big questions. And so for the listeners that wonder if I'm just an apologist or not, there are very big questions about um, where this team is at. Um, and I think that's very fair. I was expecting a, an up-tempo uh, program, uh, heavy guards, um, with some toughness and, and, and we don't have that. Um, that's just not 
where we're at as far as an identity, as as Andy says, and 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 we're seeing the same old, same old. Uh, any progress that you might be able to squeeze your eyes and squint and see has been at a snail's pace, and that just doesn't cut it. Um, and so, you know, obviously, I'm more disappointed, and I will talk to our fans about be disappointed, be frustrated. Um, you know, vent the way you have to, but be careful uh, about the players, their families, and hashtags and all of those things. Um, you know, t- t- it is Indiana. It's a school we, we appreciate. It is in a very uh, tough situation, and it's not going well. Um, and um, but, but be careful uh, with, with, with your, your venting here in Assembly Call, in a chat mob. Uh, we had some comments tonight that uh, I don't appreciate um, about players. Um, you know, and your tone matters in life. Um, and you have the right to criticize. You have the right uh, to be angry. You have the right to vent. Um, but decency in this world is needed. And if there's any reminder of that, life is valuable. Um, and we just welcomed a new member of the Assembly Call family uh, into this world. And, and Jared and Heather uh, have given life to a wonderful boy. And that's what I'm going to hang my hat on, um, that the Indiana fan base got better today. Uh, because uh, of a new Morris, and uh, hopefully we can groom him by the time he's in middle school to take over the show so we don't have to host, um, and we can just pop on and, and say our, our words, and little Coach Morris can, can take over. It is not fun. It is not good basketball. The program is in disarray right now at all levels, um, but you know, keep rooting for the Hoosiers uh, and, and fight through the struggles because it's been a tough year um, for all of us, COVID-wise, Work-wise, everything that there are other issues out there, um, and while we expect have high expectations for Indiana basketball, um, we gotta hold out hope that sometime before I uh, am six feet under, we get back there. Um, it, it's not it's not looking very good right now. That's that's honest, but make sure um, we we all celebrate life today, uh, especially the Morris family. Um, congratulations. Uh, just, there's nothing better than being a dad. Jared knows that, uh, Andy knows that Ryan will soon know that maybe, uh, down the road. Um, you know, but, um, there's nothing that's, better. That's how rumors get started coach. That's how rumors get started. There's nothing better Slow than down, being, boys. A, being Slow a dad, down. uh, bad, uh, dad, Jared. So congratulations from us. Um, we're, we're very happy for you, you and Heather, and that'll do it, uh, for this edition of, um, the assembly call IU post game show. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash assemblycall.com. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com or text IU to 66866 to join our free email newsletter. Special thanks to longtime listener Bob Thompson, who produced much of the music you hear on the show. And thank you for listening uh, as tough as it can be. We'll be back to talk IU hopes again with you tomorrow night uh, on Assembly Call Radio. Until then, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim and go Hoosiers. All right, I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Hey, thank you to the multiple hundreds of people who are tuning in. Uh, that that's a tough one to listen to. It's I can speak for Ryan and Andy. It's a tough one when it's on repeat um, for many years. So, um, you know, yeah, we've had we've had bad seasons before. We've all made it through. Uh, one thing I would say is I think that Jared should name his son Gerard. First of all, that would be good. That would be Ron Davis special. Um, But yeah, there's always positives in this world. (laughs) 
we just got to focus away from Indiana basketball for now to find them. It's just bad. Uh, it's just in a bad, it's, it's in a bad place. It just is. It's a bad, it's I mean, really it's tough. They can't get out of their own way. It's a, uh, it's a vicious cycle every game of how, oh my gosh, they played really well for like six minutes. It's, they got it working. And then wait, where'd that go? You know, so we're all there. I, you know, love you guys. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, it, it says something that after the, the exact same kind of, lo- well, probably even worse loss than Saturday. Uh, we, we had over 300 people up here at, uh, 11, 25 Eastern time. Uh, it was like three fifty at one point. I'm, I'm shocked. I thought so. I saw over 400, um, in the little live thing up here. Yeah. Oh, so. there, there definitely may have been, I, I, you know, apologize about Coach, putting gonna- the, the message on there. I couldn't figure out how to get that off. And I don't even know how I threw that on there. I had to go find it, and then I hit something to remove it, but I, I didn't know if I would just remove it from the was chat. Was it just in the just, comments? Yeah, I think when you hover over? hover Jared, over the Jared comments. showed once, yeah, with this new system, if you hover over some of the comments and you hit something, it can yes. display it on the screen. So if you think about, like, if if, if someone's a, asking a, you a question or something. Or, yeah, like, or a press conference quote that you wanted to do and, like, talk about during the show, like, you could do you sure. could do that, which is a which is a great idea when we actually know what we're doing with it. But I, I was like, I was like, I'm just going to scroll through and see if I can figure out how to do it. So we've, we've figured it out. So you need to read, Coach, you need, need to hit uh, exit on the same one that you hit display. Probably. I imagine. Yeah. I don't know. There's something I just hovered over it. It was like highlighted cause it was displaying and then I could hit remove or something and it went away. So coach, we're going to have to have you on for sectional breakdowns here uh, instead as things really start to go off the rails. Yeah. So. And you talk about nervous, man, it, it's time. It's going to be watching film and, uh, you know, we're playing against a Division One kid, uh, Purdue's assistant coach, uh, their son. He he can get 35 in a heartbeat, and he can shoot. Who from, is it? Uh, it's Shrewsbury. I forget his first name. Brayton Shrewsbury. He's a sophomore. Micah Shrewsbury's son. Um, mm. He got one shot against us in the regular season, <laughs> and we won by 20, 25. But the kid can, uh, the kid can play. So, um. That's our first that's round. Well, that our, next Wednesday for you? That's that next right? Wednesday. And then um, we've beaten everyone in the sectional, and we've beaten everyone in the sectional by double digits. So it's really nerve-wracking because oh, you, got the, me- you yeah, got the mental side of the kids, you know. Yeah. I mean, oh, we did that already. Yeah. Yeah. We beat, we beat, Where's he going to school? Where's Shrewsbury We don't know going yet. To school? Uh, I don't but know. He's that a D1 he's, kid. He's, 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 a, he's a D1. He might, he's, a, he's frail, um, and he's just growing into his body. Um, he grew quite a bit height-wise. And he's got a weird shot, um, so I don't know how that plays. But he's he's probably definitely really never Missouri Valley, before. Missouri Valley at least right now. I think that level and, and can probably mo- move even higher. Is he at West Lafayette? Yeah, he's at West Lafayette. So mm-hmm. um, he's wait. Let me look him up. Oh, so he's like a sophomore. Yeah, he's a sophomore. So I don't got know. It. I don't know where, where he's at in the recruiting ranking things, but um. That that always scares you in a one one and done situation, you know, that the kid just gets unconscious. But yeah. Uh, well, worst right, case, guys. coach, there's an hey, IU game so next Wednesday, I believe. We, so worst case, worst case, IU game doesn't go well. You guys win. I want a elated post game Tonsoni, and then we yeah. can just talk about your game. And then when's IU play that week? IU. Tuesday or Wednesday? I think that I think it is Wednesday. I'm almost sure. I don't I don't have it in front of me. I'll look real fast. But I think it's Wednesday. Yeah, I think that's yeah. That's when they play uh, the Michigan State game. They added back to the to the schedule. So yeah, who it's apparently is now a 
I tell you, winning for those fans who are still around, it winning's fun. Yeah, we'll hopefully get back to it at. <laughs> What's IU. that like? You know, yeah. we're, we're we're sixteen and six, and we can guard. Uh, but we shot thirty three percent the other day in a four point forty one thirty seven win. So I don't know that it's. Uh, I'd have been yelling about their shot form from the stands, coach. One of the one of these days, we'll all come out and and watch one of your games before a meetup or something. We'll come in on like a Wednesday. That will watch that one of your great. games and then go to the meetup that weekend or something. You, right? you would you would see me do my best, Mike Roberts, when I have the scout man. I'm heard on tape and loud, and other coaches can't. Andy, see. Andy, would you make a good E for Western if we did the shirtless paint thing? Or <laughs> I got a lot of. I got a lot of weight loss situation to uh, handle. Yeah, it's, me too. Or but, you know, it's or I'm willing hey, to commit to such things. It's something to to like you know aim for. We can all I'm cut more, like. I'm more of an O. I'm more of an O right okay, now. Okay, that's, that's not in right. it, so that's not really going to be an option. But yeah. <laughs> that would that would be great. <laughs> my, Any, my, shape, my shape is more conducive to that right now. High school sure. basketball is just so fun <laughs> to be a part of. It is. It's good when you're 16 and six, and we probably should be 19 and three. We we lost three games right after COVID and. Uh, by eight triple overtime and three to teams that were I think were probably better than but yeah I, I was wrong I IU plays on Tuesday next week I'll be it is Tuesday yeah. take him so, as Tuesday so. anyway anyone All know right, the name guys. of Jared's uh, son do we have they a have name? not I asked him if they had any names and they said they were really struggling they wanted to do a post birth okay. name mm. I, so I don't know they may have come up with it by now but they kind of were just like. My sister did that with all of her kids, and and it actually worked out pretty well for them. Uh, they did okay on the names, so I, you know, just t- test the personality a little bit, you know, see what they're into. I mean, what's wrong with Ryan? Ryan I, or I, Brian? I, what I about think, Brian, but with B R Y A N? I think it's a combination. Oh, oh yeah, it's a combination. Brian that, Andrew Morris. How about that? I, that is it's, that is where we go. Oh uh, yeah, there you go. That's exactly what. That's exactly. Or you what could you go Brandon, gonna... Brandon, and combine all three of our names. Ooh. Uh, Brandy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not Brandy. I don't think. I don't think that's. Uh, a I don't good think. Idea. I don't think that's a good idea. No. All right, guys. I, I gotta we'll get out of here. Out. All right. Love you guys. Thanks. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Thanks for being around. Yeah. Everybody was listening. All right. Later, later guys. Sticky notes. Email alerts. A string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player fine. Sticky notes. Email alerts. A string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player fine.